0: Listening Dog Media. This podcast
1: is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule. It's a brand new season, and it's me, Lindsay Hooper, taking over the show. I'm only kidding, Kate, if you're listening from France. She's having a well-deserved break in her chateau. She'll hate me for saying that. And Haley is also keeping an eye on deadline day, wearing her yellow attire, I'm sure, um, but both will be back very soon. So in the studio, Making their offside rule debuts with me. It's all the way from Luton to Nice to La Havre via Nice to Lyon via Nice again. Uh, yes, that was our fun little World Cup journey
0: over the summer, wasn't it, Faker Rothers? From Talksport and Sky Sports joining us for the first time this season. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a lovely little jaunt in En Francais. I was listening to all your French pronunciations across the uh, offside rule. Uh, podcast for the Women's World Cup. Yeah, producer Abby liked that. She seems to like clipping those up. We might hear a bit more of my French. Yours was yours was a bit better than mine, I think. A little bit, but I was using Google Translate and just, I think I maybe have a better accent. That is all. I'm literally just reading the words off. It's, it's <laughs> never, never remembered. I shall work on my accent then.
2: Also in alongside us is a woman who's been known for spending her mornings with Alan Brazil, brave lady on TalkSport, uh, TV presenter, reporter, and now author as well, Ali
1: Ben Oh yeah, hi guys, how are you doing? Very well. This is a bit plush in here by the way, because last time we recorded this, we did it in my kitchen, (laughs) last time I joined (laughs) you. (laughs) We've
2: we've recorded these podcasts in kitchens, under tables, at Kate's house with babies being rocked to sleep, it has been. I've edited them in my 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 flat, flat. yeah. Yeah. I've also noticed that in the other room there is a
1: drinks cabinet with uh, some some of my favourite gin as well, so maybe, is it too early for a little tipple? It's very early, It's transfer deadline day as well, so Mm. maybe I've got to be
2: on full alert right also Ian's got a a monitor on that cabinet just so Uh, you know you might not get past him
1: back to your point author yes Um, (laughs) I've been writing a bit but I had a really quiet summer so I didn't I wasn't jaunting around France like you guys and I've just started doing a bit of writing and I never realized I'd enjoy it so much and and now I'm writing a book which is a bit crazy I never thought I'd do it but um, kind of looking back at my journey in football as, as a reporter, as a presenter, and then sort of having, having kids and growing older and, and sort of what it's meant for the job, it's been quite cathartic actually.
2: Um, and, and I'm really enjoying it. So, and I've started. Doing a bit of writing, so and you're being very modest about this because there's an organisation called Women in Football for everyone who's a female working in football doesn't have to be in broadcast behind the scenes. But there's this organisation where everyone gets together. They ran a competition for a book deal with a publisher, and you came second in that. So it obviously was very good what you put forward, and I'm, I'm hoping we get to read this then one day.
1: One day, hopefully. I mean, the funny thing is, it, it's, it's one of those strange things. But because I've been doing so much writing, I've actually ended up doing a bit of writing for the Sun. And so my book's kind of on the back burner now because every time I go to write something now, I'm writing an article for The Sun rather than writing for my book. So it is it's kind of there. But I'm hoping like within the timescale of about a year, it should be
2: kind of done. I keep sort of tapping away it here and there. So. But you said in this book this is going to be quite relatable for sort of Faye and I and Haley and Kate because yep. we're all sort of similar age bracket, and you said, Oh, you think we've probably gone through some of the same stuff?
1: Definitely. I mean, I think it's a really interesting topic, actually, because there's so much at the moment about women in football and how hard it is to be a woman in football. And, you know, all of us three, we've been there from you know, for a very long time when it when it was really hard. But in all honesty, I actually think now is one of the best times to be a woman in football. There's so much support around. But what I do think is difficult, and I'd never like to sound like a moaner is as you're getting older and older to kind of try and keep yourself relevant, to reinvent yourself. Mm. I mean, I have more experience than I've ever had in my life and have definitely had fewer opportunities and I've had to create them for myself. So it's about doing things a little bit differently. And I'm going to be really open and honest. I've kind of, I've got to that stage now where I'm not going to hide anything. And, you know, it's not not a book about moaning. It's actually a book to support and encourage women. That was my idea behind it. But I'm very, very frank and honest.
2: I'm going to pick up on your reinvention (laughs) comment because reinventing talking about teenage years you think that's when you experiment with hair dye right (laughs) and then i'm I'm looking at ali across the table and you've you've done the faux pas that we all got warned about when we were younger i have some blonde in my hair i know (laughs) not to put brown on top I've got green hair.
0: I do (laughs) too. Well, so I didn't want to say when I came upstairs, I I spotted it and I thought, there must be a reason. I'll just find out later.
1: Yeah. it's Like there's everyone's thinking, like, oh, is Alison having a midlife crisis and going green? I've got blue nails as well. No, to be honest, I uh, I simply am so busy. I've got two kids as well. I'm trying to, you know, be a working mum. And I got so busy I don't have time to go to a hairdresser, but my hair was looking a little bit streaky and sort of Morticia-like with the blonde streaks. So I thought I'll just do it myself, I'll just tone it down with a bit of a bit of brown hair dye. And of course, if you put brown on the blondes, which Lindsay knows, and I
2: didn't, um, it goes green. <laughs> so that's one thing I always notice <laughs> of. However, you will like blend in seamlessly. Like you look at some of the hairstyles across <laughs> yeah. the Premier League and, y- you know, matching the Football boots. That's yeah. all you need. Match Kyle nails. Walker has uh, shaved off
1: all his hair, which is a bit mm-hmm. of a, a new look as well. Now I think what a be... goal line clearance in the Community oh. Shield, oh, by yes. the way. So wow. good,
2: wasn't it? So amazing. amazing. Uh, so our summers were fun packed. Faye I know that you ended up going and doing something else because you were at Wimbledon for a while with our producer of the offside rule, Abby. So you spent
0: a bit of time together there. Yeah, you first time that. working with lovely Abby. She was an absolute really? wow. star of the show. She was great. Yeah, straight from um, a flight from France, straight into SW9. Luckily, I live in Wimbledon. So so it's it's I can walk to work which is which is very oh, nice lovely. it's usually my favorite fortnight, but the last two years i've just done a year because I was at, in Russia last year, straight to Wimbledon and France this year straight to Wimbledon, so yeah I don't feel like I've had much of a much no. of a break but you know yeah, straight home admin, no well, holiday yet well hopefully whilst you were Getting a lie down eventually, I was
2: making my efforts for French because I thought that I was shown up so much during the, the Women's World Cup podcast that we did. Uh, you mentioned it before, and, and this is what lovely Abby put together from the summer. First things
1: first, how's that French coming along?
2: <laughs> no better. Petit pois, herbs, jambon, pommes frites correct? <laughs> Every time I leave a restaurant or anywhere, it's like, merci, au revoir. So I've definitely, I've definitely got that down to a fine art now. Donk. Do you know what tuna is in French? It begins with a T. Tunon. <laughs> I don't think there's a difference in this word um, from my experience at the airport last time when I'd left it behind passport (laughs) and what's the French word that you've learnt for us le foot oh for god's sake oh I'm learning I'm trying just for you good Quite embarrassing, actually, when you hear that back. Well, you can relive the Women's World Cup over on Spotify. We did daily offside rule Women's World Cup editions, all hosted by Kate Borsay. That's why she's having a break right now. She's deserved one. Uh, So please go and have a listen to those. But let's get into this show. We're going to be talking family affairs. It's transfer deadline day sort of area. So, of course, movers and shakers from the summer as well. But first, this. 8pm is the time Friday, Anfield's the place, Norwich are the new opposition, new into the Premier League. Are the clubs and players ready? This is actually spurned by a conversation that Faye and I had earlier this week. You've been to Crystal Palace, Mm. so tell us
0: what made you think about this as a a topic. So, I love interviewing Roy Hodgson because he is always very honest. He's never one of the managers who plays the positive bat and, you know, everything else. He comes out and, and... if something's wrong, he he says so, and I say Yeah, the harder side that a lot of people don't know, and I, I think it's sometimes really good to to see
1: that side of him, isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I I just like refreshing honesty. Yeah. You know, there, there's not enough of it. You know, a, a lot of players are media trained to within an inch of their lives, <laughs> and unfortunately, that means you don't get you know the real them a lot of the time. And I understand why they have to be. You know, they don't want to get tripped up. I, I I totally get that. But when you get someone who is. Very honest, or someone like an Eden Hazard, for example, who just gives you that kind of cheeky look, like read between the lines, but doesn't say anything. Yeah. That I, I love that. That's great. And and Roy is excellent in that regard. And I asked him, Are you ready for the season? It's come around really quickly. How are you getting on? And he basically said, No, we're not really ready. I need another three or four weeks. Obviously. They lost Aaron wan to to Manchester United. He said goes completely with his blessing. You know, he knew he was going to uh, end up going to a big club. Um, so that was fine. But And they have Joel Ward as, as a ready replacement already. But the whole saga around Wilfred Zaha... I, I mean it's so unhinging for a club when it's a player
1: that's that influential the only thing I would say is at least the transfer window closes now before the start of the season because otherwise this would have dragged on till the 31st
0: yeah absolutely you don't want to start off a season with a player and then lose them and lose that momentum if, well, if they probably good. quite like to start off well with yeah they, need, they, they need, need a good start they, well they, they need Zaha I mean you take yeah. him out of the team and you're taking
2: away 15 goals aren't you really and yeah. where are those goals coming from because Ben Teke hasn't really stepped up to the
0: plate has he well he was injured so you know I I think they're going to feel like they've got a brand new player in in Christian Benteke, which which will be great for them. But what Roy Hodgson has done, obviously, he's now brought in Gary Cahill, which is which is great. Yeah, I think
1: that's a good signing. Yeah, I think
0: that's a good signing for them as well. I'm surprised he didn't with go Saka, to a so-called and, you know yeah. b- bigger club. But I think you know defensively, I think they'll be okay. We, we always kind of look at them as relegation contenders immediately, and you know this season based on. The, the lack of transfer activity so far, you would kind of say again, but then they seem to rally at the end of the season every year. I mean, McCarthy's been made permanent there now, mm. so I, th- I think that's
2: a, a good move to secure him long term. Let's go to Liverpool next, because I mm. always like to take advantage of Kate not being here and us being <laughs> able to talk about Liverpool freely while she's across the channel. Or is it La Manche? There we go I'm getting a nod from Abby a bit of French in there for you. Um you're safe to say that uh, Liverpool they might actually suffer a little bit from the congestion. I mean you look at the yeah, start of I this season so. it's very busy for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jurgen Klopp, in a similar way to Roy Hodgson, has been pretty honest and, and come out and spoken about how disappointed he is. I mean, first of all, they are kicking things off. They, they're they opening the Premier League on Friday, of course. And Klopp said, you know, if I didn't speak about it, you might not think about it, but we'd much rather have had a Sunday and started things that way. They had a terrible th- pre-season, three losses, Dortmund, Sevilla and Napoli, so big teams, of course. And I think the fact that so many players were missing over their summer as well but the other thing as well do you remember the controversy the timing of the Champions League was bad enough because you know everyone had stopped playing their football and Klopp had to keep the, keep the fitness levels of his players up for another three weeks after the season had ended to play that Champions League final and of, of course the elation that, that came from that but then you know you've got players in Copa America you've got players in the African Cup of Nations and it feels like a bit of a shambles the problem is the Premier League we know it um, it doesn't really have a break because you You've got all these, you know, pre-season tours of all over the world, all the hours, the air miles that the players have travelled as well. So it's funny because I would have said that, you know, Liverpool are title contenders for me. I think it's probably a two horse race between Liverpool and City. And I might have even put Liverpool above Manchester City. However, because of this kind of thing that that, you know, the the fixture congestion, super cup, all the rest of it, I actually think it's going to be a
0: bit tough now for Liverpool and I do feel for Jurgen Klopp. Then again, I would say if you're going to be a big club and you're going to be competing with the best, then this is the kind of stuff that you've got to deal with and you know, City have the squad depth, Liverpool are, are getting the squad depth. That's that's what it's there for. And if you and if you want to compete in everything, then that's what you have to do. So that's what you have to contend with. when you
1: look at, you know, if they've got to go to Istanbul as well, I think that's straight after the Norwich game, isn't it? After the first game of the season it it just feels like there's a lot of competitions. And of course, you know, you would rather be in them than not. I get that. But it must be difficult when you've when some of your very
2: key players are missing and you you know, you're trying to juggle so much at the time. Looking at the transfer activity from club, you would get the indication that he's looking towards the future now because a lot of it has been younger players coming through. I I think I think that there is a long-term project going on at Liverpool, probably in the same vein as Manchester City, to try and bring more of the, the younger stars through and develop that academy setup a lot more. Because they've had the odd star that's come through, but perhaps not as many as, as fans want to see. Because you want to see the local local lads doing well, don't you? Jürgen
1: Klopp's actually been really good at targeting player, key players that they needed. Obviously, Van Dijk and Alisson before. And then, you know, developing the players that they've got already as well. And he's, I think he's got that balance really right. But I think every... Premier League club needs to work towards sustainability, and and needs to bring through academy players, you know, to, to make sure that that they're you know in a good place, sort of, you know, going forward. So yes he's been complaining but I actually don't I don't
2: really think Liverpool are in such a bad place are they now
0: (laughs) Uh, haven't Wolves got the same situation where you've got to travel quite far haven't you if you're opening Europa League yeah
2: I mean we've Armenia and then uh, we've been to Ireland not so far (laughs) Um, but yeah I mean our our season started in July so it it is that same cluster of fixtures It, it is very much what you're saying Faye that if you're competing on numerous different stages then that's just what you've got to get used to and at Liverpool's level I think think it's less of a concern at Wolves level mm. I would say it is a concern because ask yeah. squad depth isn't big and we've we have brought in some really great players and I have every faith in Nuno but I would say, just from look, turning over the programmes last season, every time I was at a match, Wolves' squad was always the shortest on the back of the programmes. Mm. So when you've got Europa League football to, to dabble with as well and yeah. hopefully
0: have a run And that Thursday-Sunday has caused Thursday you know, Sunday problems and for, we talk for about it every many times, teams. We? Yeah. But, but
1: players just don't like it. The mentality behind it, for, for whatever reason, it just doesn't sit well with them. And the managers have complained it, about it. And every single season, when you have a new team in the Europa League, the same old question comes up, doesn't it? But Mm -hmm. you would rather be in it, of
2: course, but it it does cause problems for the sport. See, one of Wolves' great signings is Patrick Catrone coming from AC AC Milan, and, and lots of people said to me have you got room for another striker? You know, Jimenez and Jota, you're not going to break them up at the moment. But when you bring in the Europa League, mm. got the FA Cup, the League Cup, he's going to get matches and that's going to be the competition. That's what's going to keep keep everything really on the edge for, for Nuno. He needs those players on that edge of their game having to fight to try, try and get their spot. But... I, I do think that there probably is still
0: more signings that need to happen. And there's not long to go as we record this. No, so with, with, the, with the question looming, so are Wolves ready, would you say, for the start of the season? I
2: think they've had to be because it's already started for them, hasn't it? It started in July, so they're ready. I, I would have liked so to have tough. seen. That seems so early, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think I think the signings that have been made in the last week or so, I would have loved to have seen happened earlier. But I think this is just reflective of the market. When business starts to happen later for other clubs, yeah. it has that domino effect, and I think that's been the case with Wolves, with agents, with people wanting to do that movement. I think in an ideal world, you'd like to make those signings at the start of the window. It's like Christmas bed them shopping,
1: in. isn't it? It reminds me of my uh, yeah, my me and family. Family doing Bye. it last minute oh, yeah. I bet and Ali's Christmas there Eve? at the
2: beginning of November no, I mean, no
1: I'm not actually and <laughs>
0: really I, I, that I really surprises like. me but it's
1: weird I either go completely overboard where I almost go like six months in advance like I start seeing things that's and I'm, what like, my Ooh. sister does it, it's I embarrassing but it, it, I mean it's not obviously you know just little bits here and there but then obviously Christmas Eve I have a mad panic and I just like go around like Kingston or something although now we do a lot online which I kind of think is a bit sad like I do, I do really love those old days of like running around the shops and kind of like, you know, I don't. choosing I things
2: just, properly. I can it, tell you with certainty that Faye and I are going around <laughs> yes. on Christmas Eve
0: trying to get everyone's presents. I think we discuss it pretty much yes. every year, really? don't we? Yeah.
2: Uh, let's just before we answer the Are You Ready? Oh, yeah. We've talked about teams. Just want to throw in a player for you yeah. because people who play Fantasy Premier League, we've got the official Fantasy Premier League podcast now as part of the Muddy Knees setup. So do you make sure you check out that with uh, James Richardson at the helm. I think one of the players that we must talk about is Harry Kane. I would say from his pre-season that he looks very much like he's ready for a new campaign. It's whether it can maintain over the
0: course of the whole season, isn't it? I've put him in my fantasy team. I, I'm still to do some jiggling. Mm. Um, I've still got a day. But I, uh, yeah, I, I've put him there because he's brilliant at the start of the season. It's usually kind of... October, yes, November, that things go a little bit, yeah. a little bit awry. Mm, I think
2: he's ready for the start of it anyway. That's the main talking point at the moment. Uh, we'll talk about the biggest movers and shakers. Come back to Louise in just a moment because we'll have all things transfer window next. Here at the Offside Rule, we are endorsing Heist, a brand new underwear and shapewear company. Now, we've all been there when you're getting ready to go out. You pull on your tights and there you are, a ladder straight away. It's been like that for me many times. Well, you needn't have that problem again thanks to the team at Heist because they're on a mission to take away that frustration and already revolutionising the shapewear world. In fact, Abby, our producer, is wearing the brand new shapewear right now. Give us a twirl, Abby. Very nice, and I can vouch for the fact that also I've got tights on ladder free. So how do they do it? Well, the team creating their product, Lab 12, they're using technology normally found in sportswear so that you can be confident that the clothing will move with your body and not against it. And there's more as well to come from Heist in 2020. Shop now at heist-studios.com. For 15% off, use the code HEIST15 at the checkout. That's heiststudios.com. And for 15% off, use the code ALL CAPITALS HEIST15. HEIST, REVOLUTIONARY UNDERWEAR. Well, it is still summer, just... I think we're all due another break, aren't we? We're looking at each other like we're tired already. (laughs) Uh, It means the transfer window has been in full flow. That's why we're tired, because we've been busy already. Uh, Well, actually, has it been in full flow? Because there haven't been as many transfers, I think, as some people were expecting. It's been a bit of a flurry towards the end of the window. But at the beginning, it was really, really quiet, like tumbleweed moment. So what are the best transfers, in your opinion, so far, Ali?
1: It feels like one of those quiet transfer windows. But as you say, things have started to kind of drip through. And I was hearing quite how many clubs have actually broken their transfer record. But that's unsurprising because things are inflated. You only have to look at Harry Maguire, don't you, for 80 million, for goodness oh. sake. Uh, but, oh, you know, Virgil van
2: Dyke's <laughs> kind of given I him cannot a bit believe of advice, it. hasn't he? So. I, well, I did give you a little anecdote, oh, yeah. didn't I, out there about the fact that it's just it's a wrong inflation it's like being the out of fashion position then gets more money and I I related it didn't I mm. to the endorsements and the incentives they give in teaching to get science and maths teachers because no one wants to be the science and maths teacher so you get an extra bit of money to go to university yeah, to the do 20, the training yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and I think that's the top up fee with centre backs nowadays yeah, it's the yeah, equivalent it because it used once to be, upon it, a time it'd be striker that got the most money wouldn't it yeah absolutely it's the And,
1: and the of centre backs this one isn't it it's, It does seem to be a lot of defenders moving around. And I think there have been so many clubs that have desperately needed to strengthen their defence. And we always knew Manchester United. We know about Arsenal. Obviously, Lauren Koscielny decided just not to get on the plane um, to pre-season. And it looks like, you know, at the time of recording, David Luiz is going to be centre-back at Arsenal, which took me by surprise. Actually, I would call that my best and my worst, Lindsay, because I think it's probably the best for uh, Arsenal and the worst for Chelsea. Because you you don't want a defender, a decent defender, to go to one of your rivals.
0: I mean, Chelsea and Arsenal are both going to be going for top four. And There's got to be a reason for that, though, because Louise and Lampard have played together. They get on. I you mean, know, so I th- there must be... It, either, Frank has said... He he's was not going to be first choice. Yeah, yeah. there you go. So Which is he's fair enough.
1: And you know what? I don't blame Luis at all because if you're, I actually, in fact, I think we should praise Luis because we're always talking about players, you know, sitting on the bench and collecting money. But he is saying, you know, I'm at the peak of my game. I want to play football. If I'm fourth choice, then I'll go elsewhere. I quite like the way Chelsea handled it. It was quite funny and timely. They put a tweet out. Welcome back, Rudiger from injury. And then Frank Lampard said, look, if he doesn't want to be part of our plans, then move on. And actually, it's nice because it's just kind of stopped there being any drama
2: and it's just, you know, that's the way that it is. But it it was a bit of a surprise, to be honest. By all accounts, there has been something going on behind the scenes. So Lampard has said that pre-season training for Louise hasn't impressed him, and I get the impression that he's the sort of player. Uh, and and I think we've had this impression for many seasons from watching him, he will have this amazing game and then he will go missing, and that's been part of the problem. And he's always prone to a a comedy error, yeah. And, And Lampard knows that more than anyone. And I think if you look about, look at the top four. And you're wanting to secure that place in the top four nowadays, which has become even more competitive because Liverpool have up their game, Man City have up their game, Spurs have been there consistently. To get into that top four, you need consistency. And that's the one thing that David Luiz has proven that he hasn't been for the yeah. last few seasons is consistent. It's and they true. need that this season more than
0: anything.
1: The reason I think it strengthens Arsenal is we all know that Arsenal's attack is really impressive. And, you know, they've got so many great attacking players. It's always been the defence that's it's a bit of a worry. And because, you know, he's such a forward-thinking player, David you can imagine you know, some of the breaks being so impressive when he's involved. I just worry that it's strengthening them too much and, and they are a, a very close
0: competitor, but uh, what but can you an, do? But from an Arsenal point of view, that doesn't seem to make any sense when they want to shore up their defence and they're bringing David Luiz yeah. in and then they've just signed or they're likely to, to finish the signing of, of Kieran Tierney. I think he's doing yeah, personal terms yeah. today, who also, his best asset is is going forward. And it's like, well do you not want to sign defensive defenders as opposed mm. to attacking defenders when this is what's been your problem? But, yeah. Yeah. but I think that, I think Arsenal, uh, everybody's been talking about their transfer window. I think it's been probably the most impressive uh, of everybody's. I mean, Raul Stanley has done mm. a fantastic job since coming in as head of football. I've um, got whipped up with it. So mm. I'm going to say that my best transfer is an Arsenal signing and that's Pepe.
2: And yeah. that's purely because I've been around the club the last two days doing all the build-up to the start of the season. And I've just got caught up in it all because I've not not seen so much of a buzz pre-season around Arsenal, the comings and goings at the shop. If you actually walk into the club shop now, Pepe shirts are the only shirt you can see on displays. and His name adorns the whole store pretty much. And it's the second fastest selling shirt all summer. So I'm whipped up. I'm like, I'm, I'm there. I'll try and back it up a little bit. Obviously, with Lille, he was scoring so 34 goals from 74 appearances mm. in Liga. So if he picks up where he left off in France, little here, bit of French from you there, Lindsay. I know another, another bit of French.
0: <laughs> Thrown in, there I we mean, go. Mid-centre. Are we, well. And
1: Welbeck's gone. i on, well on a free to Watford, to Watford, which is an interesting. Yeah, there's actually been quite a few little sort of interesting frees. Obviously, we spoke about Gary Cahill as well, which I think is a good one. And then I wonder whether I think a lot's been said about Andy Carroll and Newcastle. Oh yeah, who's not ready? In oh, poor old Newcastle fans. <laughs> I mean, their drama continues, doesn't it? It's just been such a bad, you know. First of all, losing a, a manager they absolutely loved. Then Steve Bruce felt like a bit of a step down. You know, they've lost Perez and Rondon. You know, Perez to to Leicester. You know, he's he's decent, but I think he hasn't scored more than about twelve goals a season. I think his numbers are sort of eight, nine, ten, twelve. But yeah, I mean, if you're if you're in Newcastle, you just need a little bit of good news, don't you, on transfer mm. deadline
2: day? Well, that's probably. Factoring into our worst category, we'll get your best transfer first, Faye Before we start being all
0: doom and gloom for Newcastle fans, that 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 was mine with um with, with Arsenal. I, it was it was a collective. Oh, it, so it, we've all gone Arsenal. Yeah, we I mean, have. Yeah. Although to be honest, I think I think Ryan Sessignon to Spurs. If it does happen, I think that's a great signing. You know, they've coveted him for quite a while. So that's a good one.
1: I also think Maguire to Manchester United. OK, let's forget about the price because we know they're inflated. I actually think that's pretty decent because we, we know that for a long time, Manchester United have, have wanted someone. A lot of people said, you know, they could have gone for Delict. He's only 19. He's much more of a project for the future. There's something about Maguire. Do do it's that sort of Englishness about him. He's that sort of, uh, I read someone describe him as a sepia-toned throwback player. And you know, brings a bit of leadership. I think that I hope to be proved
2: wrong by you, and I yeah. hope that you're the the right side of the fence on this one. And let's see where Faye falls on it. But I actually think that that price tag is going to be a burden. And I think it's we happened do. so many times when we've had this massive amount of money because he will always, from now on, certainly for the rest of the season, be the most expensive defender, and that will come into play. So the expectation level goes up that that bar further. And I don't know that he will live up to that. I hope it doesn't fit into that, that typical British narrative where we love to build up our players mm.
1: and then crash them back down. And, like, you know, we were all out in Russia and when he was riding on the unicorn and there was that meme with him and his girlfriend, you know, it, it's fun in games. But, you know, we put him on a pedestal and we loved Maguire. But he was, that was you when know, he was
2: fairly under the radar, I would yeah.
1: say.
0: But then Van Dyke went for, for yeah. you know... Uh, a huge price tag and all of that pressure that went on him and he absolutely lived up to it. Yeah, so maybe yeah. he'll see that as, a, as an example of how he can make a name for himself. You know, he's already made a, a great name for himself. Now he can do it at, you know, one of the historically great clubs. Worst transfers? I'm a little bit worried about Villa because they've almost had a complete overhaul and mm. we saw what happened to Fulham when yeah. they had a complete overhaul it didn't it mm. didn't go well 12 players in so far which was exactly how many Fulham brought in last season i don't want to make the lazy assumption that it's going to be the same But I I just think it's difficult to get a whole new team to gel together. And a lot of them are new to the Premier League as well. So they're going to need time to to get used to the league. So they're a bit of a worry for me.
2: I'm going to bring in a Spurs player that I think is a worst. And that's because he went, not because of an incoming. I think Kieran Trippier being allowed to go is maybe falling into the worst category because... What are they going to do now without without Trippier in that position? There, there doesn't seem you to be a wealth for cheap as well. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to be a wealth of backup in that in that Not position. They've got, they got Serge Aurier. they it
1: got Serge Aurier. Was it Kyle Waterfield twenty-three? Peter, so. Yeah I thought it was too but I I, I, I still think that, think that that is reasonably cheap well I guess when you're comparing it to, to you know things like uh, Harry Maguire but it did surprise me but I also find it quite refreshing because I think there is a lack of players that are going abroad and I think it's actually going to be really good for him he made a joke actually that his Spanish is already better than Diego Costa's English and I think he'll make a big effort I think you know, we don't. We. I think the reason we were so shocked is because we don't see. You know, if you go to Real Madrid and Barcelona, wow, it's a fantastic move. If you go to Atletico Madrid, people think it's a bit of a step down. But actually, you know, he's going to be playing Champions League football. He's. You know, it's a. It's a great move in terms of his development
2: under Simeone. Perhaps although he also though there. on arriving there made some interesting comments about theres things going on behind the scenes at Spurs, and I wonder what that alludes to.
0: Yeah, you get that impression, particularly when Poch came out the other week and said what he did about you know alluding to the the difference between manager and a head coach. No, 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 I'm just yeah. a coach. You know, th- th- there is definitely something. He keeps th- some making
1: th- sounds unnecessarily, doesn't he, Pochettino? Like, I think I've brought them as far as I can. And if he, win- if he won the Champions League that he would leave. But you wonder, could some of it just be either mistranslation or just... He's simply answering the questions that we put to him.
2: I do wonder whether Trippier will
0: leave a little bit of a void if Ericsson moves as well. Well, at the same time, it's the first time in 18 months they've actually signed players. So, you know, that's a positive step. (laughs) (laughs) They've got that big stadium as well to show
2: off, remember. So that's the transfer drama dealt with. But we're going to end the show with a bit of a family affair.
0: This is the Offside Rule from Muddy News Media.
2: Over on at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter I did spot that our team put out a tweet to uh, do with Harry Arter so he's joined Fulham this week and that means he is now joining his brother-in-law in Scott Parker's bit of a family connection going on
1: I didn't know, know that no, look, right. You're both in shock yeah, yeah. So Harry random. Arter
2: yeah it's his brother-in-law So that's awkward because you don't want him talking about your sister in the dressing room <laughs> You just don't want to hear it, do you? <laughs> they must be getting on very well, yeah. is, what, is what I would take from that. But uh, wow. across the board, there are quite a few family members. We saw a few things. I'm going to start us off with Maurizio Pochettino because we saw that his son came in at Spurs. Uh, Maurizio with a Z.
0: That's Pochettino. strange, isn't it, to
2: call your son the same name but just with a different letter? I don't
1: know. Is it, it an
0: Italian
2: thing? I think it's so that they didn't have to put junior
0: on right. the end. Oh, maybe it's a
2: sort of a similar... Happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are other ones. So Faye, start us off.
0: Oh well that that the problem is they're not playing together anymore, but the Lee brothers at Luton, Rob Lee's sons, mm. Elliot oh, and, yeah. uh, and Ollie. And Ollie left last season, not last season, season before to go to Hearts, but Elliot's still with us. Um, but them playing together, they linked up brilliantly. Uh, nice. That that was great. And then the the other one that I remembered was when um, Steve Bruce signed his son, Alex, Alex to Hull yeah. in 2012 as well. I don't, I don't know whether it's a good idea to go and play for your dad. It must it, be so strange because you
1: sort of, you, you would almost, it reminds me of, st- story of um, Min Song apparently his dad used to be his coach or his PE teacher or something and he used to make Sun do like a thousand keepy uppies and if he ever dropped the ball he had to start again and he was he was much harsher on him than the other mm. lads and apparently they could you know they could just carry on but if it was him that dropped the ball and I sort of think as a boss like Bob Bradley as well um what was his son Michael Bradley played in the US national team and it's also really awkward because Bob Bradley got sacked so then uh, Jürgen Klinsman came in and you, you kind of want to say to your dad oh I love this new boss oh he's brilliant he made me captain but like you know his dad's sort of like oh but I got the sack and then they ended up actually playing against each other as well I think um I think Michael was at Toronto
2: FC and Bob was at LA FC or something So they actually played against each other. So that's a funny do one. Do you look on this type of thing as a bit of nepotism or do you look on it, they're a talented player, why not? You might as well use your links and connections. Like Edu at Arsenal it's looking like he might try and sign Luigi there. Uh, so th- there are these things happening. Zinedine Zidane as well. I know that you were going to mention a, a bit to do with that with Luca at Real well, Madrid. Yeah,
1: it's an interesting one, the Zidane one, just because I actually had forgotten that he had so many sons because he's got Enzo, the goalkeeper. He's got Theo. A 17-year-old. He's got Elias, who's 13. And when I did the maths, this kind of freaked me out because I was working at Real Madrid TV, and I realised that he was born in 2005 when I was working there. So Zidane oh. would have—he would have been a babe in arms, like yes. if, if I'd ever seen him. And it's weird to think that he's actually
2: getting games But the you're, way that you're I actually see, bringing uh, up and touching on my biggest yeah. fear, by the way, which What's is that? that there are soon going to be no players actually playing left. That are as old as
0: I am oh that's how have I never told you what I did with Declan Rice the first time I interviewed him about three two or three years ago (laughs) he was 19 and I sat down and we were just joking around and he was talking about his mum because he lives not that far from where I live we were chatting about a variety of different things and I said oh god you know what the when he was talking about his mum the worst thing is I could probably be your mum I know it, that's not the best way to start an interview.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Old enough to be your mum. Oh, horrendous. It is, but it's so true. But yeah, I think the way I see it is if when you've got a player that's like Zidane, that's so brilliant, you, you'd imagine that his his kids, not always, but, it's in the know, he might have a bit of talent. Exactly. Yeah. Although it's weird because he's got a goalkeeper, a
2: defender, and a winger. So like all, all completely different. I can vouch for the fact that that doesn't always follow suit. My cousin is a really very talented violinist. And when I was seven, the violin teacher only had three spaces at school to let you play violin and found out I was blood related to my cousin Rachel <laughs> and said, let's get Lindsay and she might have the same style quality. I was awful. She, oh. she quickly got me out and got someone else in and realized it doesn't run in the family. I, I don't know whether it always does.
0: No. <laughs> And and so be honest, <laughs> I, Faye I looks think, like she can yeah. imagine me playing the I violin and I you look distasteful at that. I, I, do you know what? I just was looking and thinking, I've, I could never imagine you playing a violin. Being musical.
2: You no. could never imagine
0: me being musical is not, what you're thinking. Like no, a little b- No, no, no.
2: You're musical. Music, you've got, ryth- you've got rhythm. You've got you playing some things, but perhaps not a violin. <laughs> no. I used to play the flute, Recorder. No, I didn't even get the recorder. Cool. I didn't even get snare drum. I got a uh, Triangle in the in Me the assembly <laughs> oh. and i
1: used to blush so what's really funny and it actually it's one of the things in my book but i realized how shy i used to be when i was young which is hilarious that you know I, I sit in front of lots of people talking but every time i tinged my little triangle in the school play i used to go bright red and my oh. mum was like
0: oh i'm so proud of you Alison, with your like three pings of the triangle what so were you funny. Faye? i did these um steel drums so That's we did. Cool. Yeah, they were quite cool. It was, it was, um, I can't even remember how it came about. They came into our school and we were asked to do something. And wow. I, I remember it being one of the most mortifying experiences of my life. Cause I also was painfully shy when I was at school and very it, self-conscious. Really? And were
1: you shy as well, Lindsay? No, <laughs>
2: I wasn't really no, shy. I'm never shy. I wasn't shy, but I was more sporty at school and very, very competitive at sport. But I, I've tried to leave that behind in my actual life. But yeah, no, I mean, you
0: haven't. That's I, rubbish. <laughs> I've played netball with you. You—that that is absolute rubbish, Lindsay Hooper. I'm not having that at all. Well, that's for you to say.
2: Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast for TV fans by TV fans dedicated to everything on the box that's both on and in demand.
1: When I first got into this I was worried about bad reviews and then I realised it didn't hurt but
2: I say thank you to the nice ones on my Sky Planner you will see things like Wheeler Dealers, the world's most luxurious airliners. <laughs> it's Mr. Saturday Night himself. It's <laughs> Ready for your Tuesday morning commute. Series linked with me, Emma Bullimore and Mark Jeffries. So we always, at the end of the show, like to give you a platform just to say about anything, really. Footballing stories that we might have missed, anything that has just got on your nerves <laughs> anything you want to get off your chest I'm going to start with it, it's sort of a semi-pronged approach because I, when I go back home you probably do this when you go back to Luton where were you originally from Ali? Kingston so when you go back to Kingston or that far away from where <laughs> you live um, if you pick up the local papers I always like to read the local sports stories and one thing that made me super happy was seeing that Stourbridge have actually made their women's team semi-pro which Excellent. is way down the leagues yeah. in, the, in the tier of, of the pyramid of women's football but they're saying no, we're gonna pay our women as well as we pay our men, and I was like, brilliant. And then I got a bit further down and I'm uh, sorry Stourbridge about this, but I really hope that you can address your badge. Have you ever looked at the badge of Stourbridge FC? Probably not. I've just seen it. Have and you? Is it got
1: like animals like hanging or something? <laughs> it's as got a vegetarian, I'm not sure I particularly like no, it. No, <laughs> I don't think it's
2: very I don't think it's gonna to appeal to a cross mass, to be honest. It's got a, it what looks like pears in the corner, but if you look from afar they look like they could <laughs> yeah. be something else dangling. And also also, it's a bridge with a center with a fox that's looking like oh, it's, it's hanging fox. dead. Okay. It's a bit of a
0: weird one. Not I sure it about that. A the bit badge. gruesome when I first looked at it. Yeah, it, I it, think it just didn't sit right with me. It's
2: quite sinister looking, mm. isn't it? I no. mean, I'm giveth in one hand, take of the way. I'm giving, <laughs> you know, praise for the the pro football exactly. element, the semi-pro football element, but the badge needs addressing. You guys definitely. So I like the Jurgen Klopp interview.
1: That was absolutely brilliant. Where he said he learned his English from friends. Oh, this is with Juliet Farrington. Yeah, yes. it was yeah. so good because we, we all love. I mean, I love Klopp anyway. He seems like such a nice guy. But then this. guy clip was just brilliant because he was he was you know basically doing the joey impression he kind of said like of all the characters he would perhaps be uh, more similar to joey and then he did
2: the whole how are you doing well i i watched this i watched this and he ended up going for joey but he actually started out by saying i think i prefer the ladies in it and i thought he's definitely a phoebe Come on, there's more Phoebe in Klopp than is there is there anyone else. Oh yeah, else. with the, sli- the slight eccentricity. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, he is Phoebe actually. That was a good
0: point. <laughs> but he's not really as kind of flaky. It's, he's not Phoebe flaky in terms of oh head rush and not no know, kind no of no, no not but, like but that. But more eccentric. I yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I I mean he just he does entertain me. He
2: would be great on a, a sitcom or something. Have uh, you got the Carruthers Cup going again this year? The Carruthers Cup
0: is going this <laughs> What's year. <the> Carruthers Cup. <laughs> so if you're a fan of Fantasy Premier League, I've been doing the same. Uh, league for about the last six years or something like that Mm. and you don't
1: want me anywhere near your league (laughs) well (laughs) honestly
0: I do because it might make me feel better you look yeah (laughs) Yeah, because (laughs) I've I've never won my own league um which is quite mortifying Um, and it gets quite it gets quite frustrating but yeah I've set it up again Mm -hmm. I've set it up again well, we g- give see. us your Twitter handle so people can come and join your league and you can tweet it out. It's at Faker Others. I'm not even going to spell my name because we'll be here forever. <laughs> <laughs> but if you put F-A-Y-E, it should come up Yeah. Um, at some point. But my any other business was going to be Luton related. Go, I was, on. Go on. I was at Kenilworth Road on Friday night what for the opening game. game of the season. And not just the game, the atmosphere Everything. I I know that's not really a a fun any other business but believe me as a Luton fan seeing the Kenny rocking like that was absolutely brilliant. I got goosebumps and then to see everybody tweeting about what an incredible game of football it was and how well we equipped ourselves in the championship of course graham jones's first game in charge as well i am excited you must be feeling positive about it yeah i am we've got a really tough start to the season as well we've got cardiff on saturday then we've got ipswich in the cup on tuesday and then we've got west brom the following weekend so it's not been you know it's been a proper baptism of fire but you know the fact that we can equip ourselves like that like we did on friday come from behind twice and do what we did you know it was exciting and we could have won Thank you very much, ladies, for joining me on this opening debut of the Offside
2: Rule for the new season. been great having you in. Hope both of your respective teams do well. Chelsea for you, Ellie. Luton for you, Faye. But not as good as Wolves, hopefully, this season. Uh, well, that is it for another Offside Rule. Please do hit subscribe on your various devices uh, to make sure you get every episode as soon as it's launched. And if you leave us a five-star review, we ask for that on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'll read out the favourite ones that come through and it does help other people to find us, so please spread the word. Until next time, though, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Pod for both of those. Check out the website as well. There's lots of transfer news over there, OffsideWallPodcast.com and more chat on Arsenal, I expect, as they seem to have the busiest end to the transfer window we will see. Uh, Faye and Ali, enjoy your matches at the weekend and hopefully we'll have you on again very soon. Bye.
0: The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.